you know, we do believe in our board, but at the same time, we do believe in, in and obviously a volume of good players. And it's a long season. You have to have um, depth on both sides. So there was a lot of things we wanted to get accomplished this week. So um, we explored that. And, and when the price was a little bit too high for us, um, you know, we still explored 24 to you know, 26, 27. Um, at that time, no one wanted to trade. Um, so we had a window there where we uh, inquired. And um, again, the price was a little bit too high. And then after that, um, you know, there was no teams, you know, wanting to trade. These teams wanted to pick. There was a small move there from Buffalo and Jacksonville, but um, didn't get any feedback from the rest of those teams. So um, we were content um, because we had a player in Felix that we liked. And, and then we were able to do some maneuvering um, the next couple of days. All right, welcome in. Uh, we got we we, we got to do a little programming note here. Uh, we got to do some. I don't know why people say this, but I've stolen it. Like we got to do some housekeeping. I, I don't know why, wherever that came from. I think it's silly. Um, there is a uh, there's BK, there is Serta, and this is Ron, and this is and this is where we start. Serta uh, and Pete uh, Sweeney. Uh, we're gonna have to change the name of this show. What do you mean? Um, so <laughs> I have through a, a, a terrible moment within about a five to eight minute period where I was flowing one time. I was flowing <laughs> on the air. I mean, I was letting it rip, man. Caution to the wind, just getting it, getting it going. And I uh, and I put my uh, my nickname show on the line. I got away from me. Just started going, flowing. Did not intend to, but. It, it, it got away from me. And um, I, I said I felt like the football gods had finally looked down on the Houston Texans and that the Houston Texans will get the quarterback they ultimately wanted, even though they had messed it up to begin with by just finding a way to beat the Indianapolis Colts by playing all of these players that were too good to play, but then absolutely showed up for the first time all season like Brandon Cooks. And they go there and they win the game. They get the number two pick, but the Panthers move up and everything was pointing to them and Frank Wright going with C.J. Stroud. And I had a high level of confidence on this. Talked to some people that I really trusted. And I went on the air and I was flowing, like I said. And eventually at the end of me flowing, I said, in fact, I'm so confident that the Texans are going to get Bryce Young, the quarterback they want. I will stop using the name show. It'll be dead. And I'll be damned as we were all in Kansas City last week. And I, I knew this was occurring probably two weeks out. Uh, that um, so, Bryce Young went number one. So, so it's, uh, it's got to be now called uh, Ron and BK on the So team. it's the name of the show now. You I'm joined us at the draft. Um, I did. You were there. You were here in Kansas City. And, and when I walked out to first meet you, CJ Stroud was out there like talking with the media. So yes, CJ Stroud and Will Anderson, same size. So when they took CJ Stroud, you didn't even hadn't even like thought that uh, about this thing that you had put on yourself weeks before. And then it started to sink in how it was all just falling apart around you. No, no, I knew. I uh, I literally had my Twitter handle set to change as soon as the pick was made. I mean, at this point we knew, we knew what it was going to be leading up to it. Uh, Shams, Shams gave it away 10 minutes. It felt like before that was the pick incredible. was made. <laughs> he gave away the first two picks and then just said, okay, I just want to let you know what I can do. And I'm gonna go back to basketball. Uh, but 
But no, I, I I had it ready. By that point, I knew maybe I, I kept saying show. Maybe I just didn't have the heart to tell you uh, to your face. But uh, no, I knew. And it's just Ron now. So it's uh, it's no longer showing BK on the Chiefs. Oh. It's Ron. I want to make a PSA. That's not happening. We're not changing the name. No, it, we are. No, yep, no well, we are. I already call you Ronald all the time. <laughs> that, and, I, and, I, and I'd like for you not to, but whatever. <laughs> but it's Ron. So... That's what it is. Ron and BK. It's a new era. So a you, you era. have a tattoo of show, right? Yep. Got to get that. Uh, Got to get that tatted over. <laughs> I've agreed to that. Is this Someone, the Eric Hicks? Remember that, Eric Hicks had the, I mean, the I was, swoosh? I was, I told you I was flowing and, and, and our, uh, Wait, you know, our was buddy. Was this a stipulation or did you offer that up too? I was you got to get your tattoo covered. Up. I was flowing they knew I had show tattooed on my leg. They said, are you going to get that covered up too? <laughs> and if if you're flowing like I was, hell yeah, I'm going to get it covered up. Yes. So I got to get it covered up. Yeah. Do you remember the Eric Hicks story, Ron, where he had the Nike swoosh and he got it written into Hicks? Are you doing that or are you going removal? What's what's the plan? Here? I think I'm I'm thinking about just going a full sleeve down the down the leg. Okay. I really am uh, just thinking <laughs> right. like calf on down, full sleeve. Uh, yeah, man. But listen, I flirted with danger before. You remember when Marcus Peters went to the Rams and and everyone kept talking about how good. Orlando was Orlando, uh, Orlando Scandrick, yeah, scrap peep. Everybody talked talk about how good he was. I said, I bet you it will be clear that that Marcus Peters will have a better game than that sorry ass dude. And I remember I told you I would get Orlando, I said I'd get Lando tattooed on me. <laughs> Luckily, Marcus had a pick in the game. <laughs> They gave up one catch in Orlando. That was the Mexico City game, wasn't it? I think it was just in L.A. It was that high-scoring game where the Chiefs ended up losing. The one that was supposed to be played in Mexico City. It was a Monday night football game. It was the last time they allowed. in Mexico City. It was the last time Joe Tessitore got to have, you know, (laughs) feel like a real boy. (laughs) Ron, we both had rough rough first rounds of the draft. Did I tell you that I – I almost didn't get to go. I was in there at two o'clock and then somehow almost missed the draft from the lawn. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was going to say, we didn't run into you. I ran into certain. <laughs> this boy almost missed it. So it wasn't because I was late. I was very early. Over early. There. I was ready to go. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed though, the lines for the Bud Light tent were very long. And so we decided to go to the other side. Long story short, my dad texts us and says, hey, did you guys see that it's at capacity? I look over at my buddy. I'm like, hey, what, what are they talking about? What do you mean it's at capacity? Like, we're watching people flowing in still in the NFL draft experience area. I'm like, that's weird. I, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm like, oh, no. I think he's talking about, like, on the other side where you're going to be able to watch the draft. And so to, to get, remove all of the clutter, basically we had to sneak into a – free event and we had to jump the fence and sprint into the middle of the crowds that way they wouldn't pull us out of there so hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah it's like, I was like I'm not into going. a music festival i've been there before <laughs> hell yeah look i mean sir to just lit up here, here <laughs> I, I mean i had a pass i could have got in but i didn't i went in the draft experience twice and the lines were so long that we just laughed it was insane. It was a really good time. I'm really glad I was there. But man, no. that was that was ridiculous. It was an it was an experience. Yeah, I, yeah. We were. Did I? T- oh, I. You didn't hear about my story. 
I had a hell of a story. I told it here on Arrowhead Pride the, the night of the draft where um, where yeah. the NFL really <laughs> needs to get its, its security <laughs> situation together, BK. Yeah, I, I, clearly. <laughs> That's why I got in. Well, it was oh, it got, well, this, Nobody this, had answers to anything. That's nothing. So we're walking. We get in. We're walking, and we're, you know, at the lower level, right? And we're walking around trying to figure out where the media part is. And I, this is before I hit up certain and say, hey, man, where are you all? So we're walking around, and we see the back part of the stage. And we have our credential things around our neck. The guy's like, yeah, you can go ahead and go through here. We walk through, and, you know, you got to you, you hold the, the scanner up, and it, it says yeah, yeah. green, you're good, red, you're not. So we the scanners the first, weren't working. So, we, well, they're working on us. The first one we went, it was red, bam. They said, we might want to go down there. We saw somebody with that one get in down there. Bet. We go down there, bam, it's red. Nope. The lady was like, yeah, there's one right there in the middle. So I walked to the one in the middle, and the only person I see is somebody who looks like she is she she is an extra on Golden Girls. Her name is her name, I assume, was Judy or Dolores. And she was sitting down, and we were like, Oh ma'am, is this the way? And she said, I'm on break. I said, oh. Okay, so there was another scanner, but nobody at the scanner and a trash can. I hit it. It said red, but nobody was there to stop me, so I kept on walking. And then the two other people who were with me, we kept walking. Walk on up, see another door, open up the door, take take about five steps, bam, right in my face, Brittany Mahomes. Look to the left, bam, right there, her children. Look to the right, bam. There is, a, there is Patrick Mahomes sitting right there, and behind him the recently arrested Jackson Mahomes. They're all sitting right there. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, I'm just going to keep on walking like this is some sort of VIP. Then I keep keep on walking, and I see, nope, there's nowhere else to go. This is oh, just no. right here. Oh, no. Just the three of us and the Mahomes. And then next thing you know, his handler walks up hardcore. Hey, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Deservedly Pat, so. <laughs> absolutely. And Pat is just staring at us with just a look of just – He's 10 feet away. He's just staring at us like, what the hell? And uh, and and Clint in the back goes, yeah, can you help us out, man? We're just trying to figure out where we're with the media. We're trying to figure out where we're supposed to be. He said, listen, I don't know where you're supposed to be, but it certainly isn't in here. <laughs> and, so then, <laughs> and so I did I, I did like a, a nod and smile to Brittany and turned around and left. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't just like, sorry, Patrick, apologies. No, I didn't. I just thought, boy. <laughs> This is, we've probably gone too far here. Let's spin around here and get up out, get up out of here. But, I mean, I'm just saying, Patrick – and then five minutes later, we walked out, and Patrick Mahomes walked out with the Super Bowl ring with Travis Kelsey, and they kicked off the draft five minutes later. This should be not that – it should be that easy to get to the Mahomes family. Yeah. I just want to say that. I just There shouldn't be Judy sitting on one side and <laughs> a trash can blocking it. Okay, that was that was insane. Okay, she had so. she had the Popeyes meme where she was like, "Yo, I'm tired. You want to go in?" It's she you. was sitting, she <laughs> was sitting, and I said, "Oh, she almost snuck on, but she was sitting in between stuff." I said, "Oh, sorry. Uh, how are you? Um, is this is this the media tent?" She said, "I don't know. I'm on break." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Thanks, Helen," and uh, and kept on going, but. Man, when we were walking in, this is when we first got there. None of the scanners were working. So they were just like, yeah, just keep on flowing. Just keep on coming. So they weren't keeping track of anything. Not not a damn thing. It was an experience. It was an experience. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah they might want to clean that, that 
that uh, security thing up. Man. All right. Um, this has been a crazy a draft experience. Sure you did. This, the pretzels were great. And the macadamia <laughs> nut cookies they had there were great too. But listen, this is this is before we even get to the draft. I think the latest thing is this Donovan Smith signing, the tackle. Kind of caught us off guard. One year, nine million dollars. And I'm gonna say this: when I think about it, because a lot of people have different feels on it, um, and I'll just be quite frank: the people who have an issue with you, um, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. I, I, I'll be honest with you; I, I don't understand it. I'll just say, fellas, as a I I really love being a fan of a team like the Chiefs. And I'm a fan of the Chiefs, and I'm a fan that my team operates the way that they do. Right? They're not going to put themselves in a situation where they don't exhaust potentially the best possible situation that they could put people in. Right? They are haunted by the Bucks Super Bowl, and they will never – ever ever allow themselves to be put in that situation again and they sit there and because i'm i'm not gonna lie to you i thought i was gonna come into this sucker and say all right man all right let's see what 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 lucas niang can do and and they draft a third round tackle and and wanye has to be named after wanye from boys to men i mean just has to be has to be named after wanye morris but i i'm thinking all right let's see what they do and and I'm going to be honest, I was going to tell you, I got some concerns about that being your right tackle. I, I, I do. I have some concerns. I think they can make it work, and they and I trust them to feel confident in it, but I don't feel great. Then they go out, and they get a veteran. They go out and get a veteran in, in, uh, in, in Donovan Smith that can play the left or the right side, but they go out and get a veteran like that, and that, that, made a lot of sense to me. That was something was, okay, now it feels good. Now they can even play those guys in their natural position. Smith, who is a left tackle, and it's been a left tackle and has been a left tackle for high-profile quarterbacks and understands it like, you know, like Tom Brady. And then Jawan Taylor, who you gave big money to, but can play has played the right side most of his career in Jacksonville. And, I, and to me, they put themselves – in the best position possible right now with their offensive line. And now I feel absolutely confident going into the season that they don't have any potential scary situations in tackle. And I love that they got aggressive and said, yo, this ain't good enough. We got, we've got to put our team in the best, in the most, in the most, the best possible situation what we can do and i'm glad they did that with donovan smith i think there's a couple of things that are happening as to why people are mad about this signing one is people Drugs. go to the pro football focus grade <laughs> people go to the pro football focus grade and they're like ah pff says he's bad that means they shouldn't have signed him man pff said that andrew wiley was terrible last year they basically have them graded the exact same i thought andrew wiley was fine I don't think he was great, but I thought he was a perfectly adequate NFL starting offensive lineman. And so you basically have, at worst, replaced him with this signing. It might not be one for one in terms of Donovan Smith is starting now at right tackle for you, but he's replacing that spot along your offensive line. I would also add this. He does the thing that matters. Like, even in what was a bad season for Donovan Smith last year, he was still a pretty good pass blocker. He was solid, at least in that regard. That's what matters for the Chiefs, man. 
That's what Andy Reid wants you to be. If you suck as a run blocker, man, they got an interior yeah. offensive line that'll be able to handle that. And they can scheme some stuff up, and they've got Patrick Mahomes that makes it a hell of a lot easier to be able to get a few yards through the interior. Donovan Smith ain't being brought in to be a really good run blocker. That's for damn sure. So I think that's part of it. The second thing that's happening here is the money. I think some fans saw veteran offensive tackle Donovan Smith is signing with the Chiefs on a one-year deal worth up to $9 million and said, whoa, $9 million for Donovan Smith, who wasn't good last year? That up to doing a lot of work, I would imagine, in this contract. I'm sure Donovan Smith can earn $9 million this year. I would imagine this is very similar to the deal that they signed last year with Juju Smith-Schuster, where it is a lot of incentives. And many of those incentives will be on next year's salary cap. So the Chiefs are fine with the money. He's a perfectly adequate NFL starter, and he, he ups the floor for your offensive line. You have no idea what Lucas Niang is. You have no idea what a rookie offensive lineman would have no. been coming in this year. I have a pretty good idea of what Donovan Smith is, and while it's not ideal, it is an adequate NFL starting offensive lineman. That And that's that's the bigger thing, sir, to know what you have. Know what you have, and now you know exactly. And, and I think you have a guy like that can – like I look at this man, like I don't know how much of a – a gap there is between last year's offensive line and this year's offensive line, especially when you take into account what the Chiefs want to do. Well, if the biggest problem that anybody might have with this is the money, like even if it comes out that it's not like, and yeah, the up to 9 million thing, he probably is doing a lot there. BK, like you're probably right about this. But even if it was nine million fully guaranteed, I'd be like, whatever. That's a starting day one left tackle right now. <laughs> like that you got on a one year deal. I get that you were arguing like we want to have a long term answer here. Well, the long term answer was through the draft for the Chiefs. And that first round did not fall the way that they needed it to to draft a tackle in the first round. And Anton Harrison probably would have been the guy if he was there at 31. But the way those tackles started going early in the draft, it was pretty apparent that he wasn't going to be there. And I was even shocked that he lasted as long as he did to Jacksonville with, with how early some of those guys went. So that just wasn't going to be a realistic option for them. And when you're talking about uh, like not signing a big name free agent, like they tried to get Trent Williams a couple of years ago, like that that's just the way that it goes sometimes. So you have to adjust here and, the logic of like, I'm mad that they're bringing in a 29 year old left tackle who prior to last year never missed games ever. And it costs $9 million. And I'm upset that he's now standing in front of Darian Kennard, Lucas Niang, and Wanya Morris is absolutely insane. Like, he's 29 years old right now. He's going to be 30 by the time the season starts. I'm willing to bet that Donovan Smith still has some good years left in him. And I think he is going to be the chief starting left tackle. I think this puts Jawan Taylor at right tackle where you feel more comfortable with him. And it's not unlike the chief's offensive line with Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. Mitchell Schwartz was the best offensive lineman on that roster, not Eric Fisher. And you're fine with that because you have Patrick Mahomes. You just can't have liabilities on the offensive line. Uh, are we before we move on? Are we sure of that? Is this, does this signing Smith, as we as you kind of said, Smith it's, played left tackle all of his career, if not most of it, and, and Jawan has played right tackle most of his career. But Jawan is getting paid 
it, like a left tackle. I mean, well, I, if that matters anymore, do we? Is that what we think it is, Smith? Uh, it was to reported the right, to the left side. after the deal uh, was confirmed last night. Like it, it was reported by multiple people that the conversations with Donovan Smith were he's going to play left tackle for the Chiefs, and and, and I, I think that makes sense because even Jawan Taylor, like they gave Jawan Taylor a, a big money contract. But it's not a crazy contract that you wouldn't give an elite right tackle. Like if if that's the, what we're arguing about right here, well, they gave Jawan Taylor this contract. He should be a left tackle. No, we just need him to protect Patrick Mahomes. We just need him to protect Patrick Mahomes. That's all. That's the only argument that we should be having here. And I think the Chiefs' offensive line is better today than it was yesterday. Uh, that, Absolutely, a, and I think a really there's a chance. Part. I think there's a chance, BK, that we're saying at the end of the year it's it's better than last year's. At the stuff that matters, right? Like, are they going to be as good of a run blocking unit? Probably not. Like, I would be pretty shocked, honestly, if they're as good at the run blocking side of things as they were last year. But I think as a pass blocking unit, they have a chance to be a decent amount better, honestly. And to your point on the position, Donovan Smith has played 908 career snaps. You know how many of those were at left tackle? All 908 of them. Literally every single one of them. Um. Uh, for Jawan Taylor, he's had more than a thousand snaps, ten seventy five at right tackle, eighteen at left tackle. Like sometimes it's easy to go ahead and just go with, "Hey, this is the way that it's going to be," and that's the way that this is likely to be. I don't have a problem with where you're spending your money. It's about like if you're going to spend X amount of dollars on the offensive line, it's not inherently a bad thing to have more of that coming from the right side than it is from the left side. I. I think that that's kind of an old school way of looking at it. Like we have, we saw the blindside movie and we're like, Oh, everybody needs to pay their left tackle. That's the way that it is. It's not necessarily, you just need to have really good offensive linemen and you figure it out from there. I don't really care where they play. Yeah. And um, no, I, yeah. I mean, Von Miller lines up primarily against the right tackle. We're we're seeing a lot of guys line up, uh, you know, Max Crosby lines up, against the right tackle primarily so uh yeah you need to have two good tackles at this point um all right let's let's get to the draft here and the the chiefs they you know if you look at their first three rounds they pretty much attacked everything that you would say okay because i i hate even forming as a need as we said in the last pod but I, i don't feel like the chiefs have any just desperate needs that they had to feel like feel like they had last year. But if you were to say the top three, it would be defensive line, receiver, tackle, offensive line, and that's what they hit the first three uh, in a row right there. And 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 solid. They went out there, saw it, bam, bam, bam. They hit it all those spots. My favorite move. My favorite move, and I know Serta will go with me because he loves receivers. My favorite, my favorite move is Rasheed Rice. That's going to be hard to say, but Rasheed Rice out of SMU, I really like. I really like the potential there, and he is the first. He he, he is maybe the only wide receiver on the roster that is a guy that has some size to him. They had him listed in college as six two. That was quickly uh, not to be the case. Uh, he is a shade under six one, uh, but still two hundred five pounds. But that's a that's a size and a big receiver that the Chiefs don't have. And if you watch his tape and watch his you know highlights and things like that, he goes up and gets the ball. 
Like he's somebody you could throw it up. He goes up and he and and I love that he is able to do it in coverage with, with you know with, with with tight coverage and goes up and gets the ball and competes in the air for the ball. And that's just something an element that the Chiefs don't have. They've got a lot of speed, especially sideline to sideline speed of guys that can do a lot of different things, but they don't have that big, bigger body receiver, a guy that maybe in the red zone that you could throw things up to that you can go get. And he seems to excel at that. So to me of my, of those picks, I feel like the other guys in this draft are solid guys. This one, when you're pairing with Andy and Patrick Mahomes has a chance to be, I think more than solid. So rice, the receiver, I, I am I am intrigued. I, I didn't watch a little too much of old eleven <laughs> at SMU in the last several days. So I'm 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 juiced. I'm juiced about my man. And he's hard to tackle. They'll run after catch two. Come on now. He had one against somebody. I can't remember who it was, but they had him dead to rights and broke that tackle. He ran that sucker for another 30 yards. I was touched. I'm telling you, they just don't so, got nothing like that. Steve, I know you love I, I understand that I brought this on myself as being the guy who just loves every wide receiver that ever is in the NFL draft. I actually said on the Arrowhead Pride Editor show earlier this week that Rasheed Rice was my least favorite pick of the Chiefs this year. Suck, uh, suck it. <laughs> which, yeah, and, suck and, it. But I did preface it by saying it's not because – you know, I, I think it was a total disaster of a pick or anything, or like there's no potential there. I just felt like they gave up a lot to go up and get him. And and I felt like there was guys that I would have been a little bit more interested in at, at like the who? time. Who? But uh, like Marvin Mims, who was still available. And like, I think he's a really talented player. I get that he's another small wide receiver and they wanted yes. to get a bigger body guy. But I'm more of like the philosophy of your Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So just draft talented players and figure out how they fit uh, more so than drafting by body specific like position and things like that. But I don't know. I, I just have question marks on him. But one thing that our AP draft team brought up and I thought it was a really good point was like, he's really good yards after the catch. Like oh. that was something that he excelled at in college and Sky Moore, I think, is uh, has potential to be a really good yak wide receiver. I think Kadarius Tony can be that guy too. So, like, we've been seeing them do more of this over the last couple of years as they've shortened the field a little bit, but become more efficient offensively. And so that could be playing into that philosophy there, where now you keep adding these yak monsters, like the 49ers have, just like a dozen of them. It seems like, like. That's interesting. That's that's cool because right? you're not putting a ton of pressure on Patrick Mahomes when you have guys who can create yards after the catch. So get yourself there, Serta. If Come he on. develops into it, I, I'm pretty excited about it. I just got to see more of him. Like I, I got to see more of do. what he can do with this. How team. in the hell are you? Were you were rope line, hook line, and sinker? I don't know what the hell I was about to say about <laughs> Sky Moore. All right, right off the bat, why don't you get there? You're the son of a gun who was brought up. Who's the old Clemson guy that's got a bad neck? Uh, Justin, you keep, Justin oh, Ross, you keep bringing him up every podcast. Well, I mean, he's still on the team. <laughs> he might have a See, chance to have a role this get, season. And you can't get yourself fired up about Mr. Rice? No, I I, I, ho I hope no, it works out. I hope it works I'm, out. I'm, I, go ahead, because I'm, 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 right I'm watching Rasheed Rice highlights right now. As we speak. <laughs> All right, Ronald, get oh! you excited first. And then... <laughs> And then, and then I'm going to bring you back down to earth a little bit. 
if you're excited about you Rasheed Rice, the, the guy that you comp him to, and I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the 49ers, is probably Brandon Ayuk. Like that, that's probably the hope is that he can become something like that, where he wins after the catch, he becomes a little bit sharper as a route runner, uh, had real production in college. People were excited about him, but it was hard to know exactly what he was going to end up being in the NFL. That's the hope for Rasheed Rice, because the way he wins, Ron, is by wearing cornerbacks like a backpack. It is not a lot of separation. Those highlights you're watching, look at what the separation is I between love it. in the look corner. He's going up and getting that ball. He's using his big body. I'm looking, look what he's doing against Maryland. Through, if it through works, God. if it works, he's going to immediately be one of Chiefs fans' favorite players to watch because the way that he wins is super exciting, man. Like it's it's DeAndre Hopkins' play style. Oh. Now, now the problem, the problem is it's really hard to win that way in the NFL, man. Like these corners are so good and contested catches are so remarkably difficult. And so like the number one asset that you can have as a wide receiver is the ability to get open against man coverage. And I don't think Rasheed Rice has that right now. Could he get there? Maybe. But his his route to being very good in the NFL is incredibly narrow. And that's where he makes me so nervous, dude. I, I personally like Cedric Tillman. Like he, if you wanted a bigger wide receiver, the guy from uh, Tennessee, he ended up going yeah. later in the third round to this uh, Cleveland Browns. That would have been the guy that I preferred. It would have been very early for him to be drafted there specifically, but that would have been my personal preference. Um, I I was pretty surprised when this was the route that they decided to go. He is big, big, bigger even than his than his height and frame puts up to be and I think there is a skill to the contested catches and yes there's a lot of them and 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 I'll be honest with you I don't think his quarterback had had a a, a great arm as he was well. terrible his quarterback was right? awful and and and, and, <laughs> and and I think the quarterback he will have will, will be the best of of potentially all time I mean <laughs> right and and I'm just saying Tom's the GOAT are in right yeah, now you could watch smu highlights and be like ah oh, look at that quarterback throwing oh, them but he go but there i noticed it there right is, away i think oh he's got he's i mean it's like chad it's like a, a broke chad pennington and chad pennington <laughs> chad pennington broke like this kid just finds a way it's i just love the i love that he's a competitor and you can just see it in the i'm on it just put the damn thing up i'll go get it all right and and, and i and i wonder if there is more to his separation if there's more to that, right? And I and I, and I see what he you're also, saying. I, if you like him, he, he did have a foot injury last year. He had the turf toe that he was dealing with, and that slowed him down a little bit. He he plays receiver like Isaiah Pacheco plays running back. He plays with angry. Uh, he does, and I and I am. I got to stop watching this because I, <laughs> I got to get over it. I mean, I'm, I didn't find myself getting a little it's, too excited about a Navy highlight, but I just <laughs> he better be torching the midship, but. I, I don't know, man. I just it, – it's it's an element, and I think that's a big thing. I You said Marvin Mims, and I rolled my eyes completely. It's an element that they don't have, and somebody they can go up and get the ball. And also, I'm not I'm not believing this guy to be a number one receiver, right? And I think Brandon Ayuk, as you said, playing off of the third receiving option right there is, is him down the line. And that's just, you know, depending on what he does the third receiving option down the line. Like, I, I like him 
contested catches on one-on-one on one-on-one balls against second and third third corners, right? I don't think he'll ever be facing top corners. And 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 with the with the side-to-side stuff that Kadarius Tony and the other guys will present along with Kelsey, I, I I am really intrigued by his size and ability to go. I mean, he's doing it. And I get what you're saying. It's consistent the 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 contested catches that he does. It's about all his highlights. It's consistent. It's, so I'm getting off. I'm getting like extremely excited. I, okay, put the put the highlights. <laughs> it's it's weird, uh, no, I get it, and I agree. It's a need. Like you saw what a difference AJ Brown made for Jalen Hurts last season. Like having a wide receiver that. You can just throw it up there. It doesn't have to be the most accurate football in the world. And A.J. Brown is just bigger and stronger than everybody else on the field, and he's going to go up and get it. Like Having those guys is incredible, and Mahomes doesn't really have that guy, hasn't ever really had that guy. And so it's an interesting experiment. I'm hopeful that it's going to work out. But like BK was saying, like for this DeAndre Hopkins style of play, like what makes Hopkins so special is that Hopkins catches everything. Like he just doesn't drop passes and he's so strong at the catch point that he makes those insane contested catches. And it's really hard to do against some of these NFL cornerbacks. And I, I I'm still always going to be of the philosophy. Like you, you can make it work with any type of personnel as long as you're creative enough and you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So I, I just felt like, like maybe they're talking themselves into we need that typical X wide receiver to go get because MBS isn't that guy and because we need that guy. And I just don't know if I'm super confident that Rashi Rice is going to wind up like being really, really good for the Chiefs. Ron, can I give you a brief sampling of the closest like size speed comparisons that there are out there? I think you'll Let's like this. It. Nate Burleson, Brandon Ayuk, Devontae Adams, Dante Moncrief, but those other ones are pretty fun. Those other ones are pretty exciting. <laughs> no, I listen. And that's the thing is, I, I have certain expectations. Like if this cat would all of a sudden turn into a, a number one receiver, okay. But like you said, Brandon Ayuk, the third receiving option, I'd be happy on their with that. team. Like I that is, that. I think Brandon Ayuk's a really, really good player. That is fantastic to me. Great size and just it, it gives you something that that nobody else presents as a as as a weapon for for them. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I, listen, we may disagree on, on Mr. Rice, but I, we talked about this on the pod last week, and the thought was, all right, I said, boy, the, the, the one player I'd like to see was a Jameer Gibbs. Now, the Detroit Lions lost their everlasting mind and said, let's go with him. And- <laughs> all righty. All right. But, but the, it, it was that style of player, right? And, and – and they did not address that in the draft. And, and listen, it's a small nitpick thing. I mean, I'm just just looking at the the entire, you know, the entirety of the draft that the Chiefs had. I felt like this draft had several guys at the top, the middle, all through the draft that were the Jarek McKinnon type, the guy that can run the football but can be a real problem in the passing game coming out of the backfield. And we saw how how McKinnon was a was a big weapon, especially how teams are trying to play the Chiefs now. And I thought, boy, there could be a real upgrade at a young player to be able to pull that off. I think Devon A-Chain is somebody that went in the third round that comes to mind with that. Uh, Sharp, the kid from Tulane, comes to mind with that. There are several – I mean, there there are about a good any, anywhere from Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs, which Bijan they weren't going to get. I didn't know that Jameer Gibbs was going to go into the top fifteen, but but Jameer Gibbs all the way to the top to the middle to to those names that that we brought up, and I you know I I think there was a chance to upgrade over over McKinnon or somebody in that role, and that that's one that I I. I would like them to have back. I wish that's something they addressed. Me too. Uh, one guy that I really liked is Chase Brown. He's a running back out of uh, Illinois. It, he's like a bigger back, but he's very good in pass pro. He's pretty good in the passing game as well. He ended up going to the Bengals in the late fifth round. Like That's the prime area where I thought they were going to take a guy like this. And then another team that ended up doing it, and they doubled down on running back, was Seattle. And they got Kenny McIntosh, the former Georgia running back in the seventh round. They waited all the way till the seventh to get him. Kenny McIntosh does one thing well, and it's catch the football. That's the kind of uh, role that I would have expected them to be able to fill via the draft. I'm a little surprised that they didn't go about it that way. Now, uh, Sir, I know you mentioned before the show they got a guy in UDFA that maybe ends up becoming something. We we know you can find these running backs anywhere. They're not always the first round picks that end up succeeding, but. If there was one quote-unquote miss to me in this draft, it was not coming away with one of those guys that they feel like can be their number two running back on day one to take some of that load off of what you're expecting out of Jerick McKinnon this year. And that undrafted free agent running back was Daenerys Prince. He's a Tulsa running back who ran a 4 140. He's 220 pounds. Like, he's a good size running back. He's six feet tall. Like, it's pretty similar profile to Isaiah Pacheco. And, like, I don't think it would be crazy if he winds up having an opportunity to make the seam, even with them bringing back Jarek McKinnon. Um, 
But yeah, it, it would have been nice to see them. I, I think them not drafting anyone, I, I think, in my opinion, solidifies that they're happy with like Clyde being in the room oh. this year and like being a depth Clyde's back, baby on the oh. roster just because like obviously they didn't pick up Clyde's fifth year option. We know Clyde's, you know, he, he's done after the season in Kansas City. He's not coming back. He's going to go on. It, ha- it just hasn't really worked out. And injuries are a big part of that, I think. Like, I think injuries really slowed his NFL career, but we saw pretty early on that maybe he just wasn't ever going to be a special player. Like we all hoped that he would turn into. And it just kind of feels now like they're like, we know who we are. We know we can pass the ball, but it's nice to have a couple of guys who can smash you in the mouth occasionally. And then we can deploy Jarek McKinnon when we feel like it in the passing game. And Clyde knows the offense because he's been around and he's had a role and he and he's he's played well in small spurts in his can, career. Can we can we be honest? Can we be honest about Clyde? <laughs> Look at BK. Uh, he's got to be on this team. I don't know. No, like, he's no, not going he to not make the roster. Oh, he he's should. Gonna, he's going to be on the team. He no, is. he's a hundred percent going to be on the team. A hundred and eight percent. They should trade him for a future seven. Like it, it's that'd over. be fine too. But they're not going to cut. Oh. No chance they're cutting it. Yeah, guys, Cl- the, the Clyde Edwards-Alaire project failed. And at some point, the Chiefs just need to be willing to admit as much. Like, no, not at some point. Now. The, the Chiefs need to be willing to admit as much now. My dude went to the fashion show over the Super Bowl parade in Kansas City. That, like, that is when everybody knew off. this was done. <laughs> and it was this... a really good fashion show. He's just trying to get notice. He's, trying to, cold, to, he's trying to go man. to a Met Gala like Mahomes one day. I, I'm i not even knocking him for going to a fashion show. Man, be into whatever it is that you are into. You got to go to the parade, dude. You got to go to the parade. This This is not working in Kansas City. They needed to find somebody that could replace his role with the Chiefs. I hope they find another free agent running back that can do exactly that. The way that they did on the offensive line with Donovan Smith. There's got to be somebody out there that's oh, still there's, available. There's a lot How about Ezekiel guys. Elliott? Go get there's, Ezekiel Elliott. Go sign Leonard him. Fournette's out there. Yeah, Zeke's go sign there. There's a yeah. lot of better running backs oh, still available. Right? Go get no. one of those guys. He's going to be on this rush. No. Ronald, I'll bet yeah, you. I mean, I'll bet you the show. I'll bet you your nickname. <laughs> I don't have I, a nickname. It's I, lost. I, I think. I don't think there's a chance that no. they would cut Clyde. Like I, I no. think he is on this team this year, think, and he'll I be think, a free agent next season. I don't know why I get the feeling that Dave Tobe really likes him, and he always gets one guy. And I think he's Dave Tobe. Clyde. I don't, yeah, think, I, know, I don't I, think Dave Tubbs is a Clyde stand. And, and I know Clyde, Clyde ever played a special team. Yeah, stand. I know Clyde doesn't play special teams, but I feel like <laughs> Dave has a soft spot in his heart for him. And we know that it used to be Marcus Kemp. And it's, I think this year he's going to choose Clyde. It's Clyde's really into restoring like old cars, like in the classic cars. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's Dave Tobes' thing too. So that's where they really connect. That's where they do. Very Jay Leno. Like they have a lot of, <laughs> they go to car shows together. That's good. I saw that. I did read that. What's well, Rex Burkhead up to? He's got one good yeah. game in him a year. <laughs> no, he no. doesn't. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> that, that, okay. I'm not going to stand for that. You'd rather I, have no, Rex I'm Burkhead. Yeah, I, I'd rather, I think you take that back. <laughs> I'm going to say real... this name. Ron, and I, I want you to take it seriously for a moment. I don't think it's going to happen. I want to say that on the front end. Kareem Hunt is still a free agent. He was bad last year. I don't know how much Kareem Hunt you watched. Did last you year. watch he Clyde? Was, 
He was not. <laughs> I, I mean, Clyde scored a bunch of touchdowns in the first month of the season. And he had Kareem an Hunt was bad last year. Was straight up bad. I had him on a fantasy team, so I was watching a lot of Kareem Hunt. Yeah, he, he had an injury, and I, and I even think that ankle injury occurred three weeks prior, and they just disclosed it. I so I I, I think Clyde has like three runs of twenty yards or more in his entire career. So yeah, far. and he had a big one that sealed the game. Uh, again, one of those games last year against the Bucks. So he's going to be on the team. I think, yeah, he's going to be on the team. He's, I mean, he's going to have to really stink it up for him not to get on this team. He's going to be on the team, BK. Okay. You got it. Yeah, I think it would stuff. have to really fall apart for him to not make the roster. Before before we get out of here, though, because uh, we haven't really talked about the top draft pick, like, oh, oh, Florida Atlantic University. Uh, we haven't really talked about uh, talk talked about Felix. Uh, I mean, FAU. Is that what we're going to call him? I'm good. I I'm good it was, with. Isn't it King Felix or FAU? I think it's I'm cool. good. I'm like I'm good with Felix, and I'm good with Uzama. I'm just not as confident with that middle one. That 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 middle name. I'm just not as. Are confident. you looking for help here? Are you looking for one of us to no, come I, in to save you? No, I don't. I don't want I don't Felix and the Duque Uzama. Sure, whatever. I'm never going to call him in a Duke. Uh, but it's FAU or Felix or Uzama. That's it. But we haven't really talked about him. And I and and to be honest with you, I don't I don't want to just sit here and just specifically talk about him. But he is the he is the at least right now final piece that they've added to the to the defensive line that that we think's really going. To, to play all right Colbert from Texas they draft in the sixth round I, I I don't know I mean that's that's somebody that, that you would really think all right he's going to be a part of the rotation but Frank is not a part of this team right now Carlos Dunlop's not a part of the, part of this team and we're looking what they have across the defensive line and FAU is the last piece right now have they done enough are you comfortable with what they're doing on the defensive line I am. I like what they've done actually along the defensive line. I I like that they've gotten young and they've gotten explosive coming off of the edge. Like Charles Aminihue and FAU, as we're calling him, are could not be be more dissimilar in terms of who they are as players because Charles Aminihue is going to win with power and FAU is going to win with speed and bend off of the edge. But those guys are both explosive with the way that they win. And that's something this team has not had in recent years, if we're just being honest. Like, they they did not have that from anybody last year. Dunlap didn't bring that. They didn't have that from Frank. And George wins with just pure power and motor. And so, a, yeah, and a, yeah. To be and able to, to. to get a little bit more of that juice coming off of the edge, I think is a really good thing, man. And then you added Tershawn Wharton, who's going to be back into the mix this year. I loved what we saw out of him early last season and then in 2021 as well. I, I like the group. I, I really like the way that this thing has come together. It's younger. It's cheaper. It's more explosive. I think they went about this the right way. Ron, I know yeah. you were more worried about this group, though, than I was. How do you no, feel about it? No, more last year I, I was. Right, Com coming this, into the offseason. Yeah, this, you know, I, I what I what it feels like they have done is they've said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We have the centerpiece in Chris Jones. And Chris Jones, he has to play somewhat at the level that he played last year. Last year, he was a defensive player of the year finalist and was that dude and finally had his moments in the playoffs. But they have him as a centerpiece that teams are completely going to look at. And I think what they have done is it said, okay, 
Yes, what we could do is try to find another big-time pass rusher on the other side or, or somewhere else on the defensive line. Or let's get a bunch of guys that we say to ourselves, all right, you got to block this guy one-on-one. And can you win one-on-one battles? Can you win one-on-one against a guard? Can you win one-on-one against a tackle? Can you, because Chris is going to get multiple people on him. If it's on the inside, he's going to get probably, you know, a center guard combination or guard tackle combination on the outside. He's going to get chipped or help with line with, with, with tight ends, but can you win one-on-ones? And I think they have a grip of guys that in their own way can do it. I think Charles Amenahue is a big dude that can, and I watched him. I watched him every day in training camp two years ago with the Houston Texans, and he was by far the best player and a really good pass rusher, a pretty good pass rusher that could become really good if he's getting singled up all the time with no help. And I think George Karlofkis does it his own way, but we saw last year to the tune of six sacks he finishes with where he got much better against one-on-one pressures. Mike Dana, we watched every in the playoff games that Mike Dana, you gonna you gonna double team Chris? He was getting home on 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 Burrow often. We we saw that. I just think they got a bunch of guys that that can win one-on-one battles that they're going to see all the time. And you don't know who's coming, who's not. And the way that that Spags kind of designs this thing, I I like what they're doing. They've got the one big super superstar centerpiece. Now, if he is not playing up to a high level or not there, well, hell, really, if it's just not there, because even if he's not playing to a high level, they're still going to double team him because he has that respect. I just I just love the thought of can Mike you get on, on third down passing downs? Mike Dan is on the field by himself one on one. Felix is on the field by himself one on one. Amenahue is on the field by himself. Carl, all of these, I think that's where they've put themselves, and I like it. It's I, I think that we're kind of in the middle of this really interesting evolution of Steve Spagnolo and and his defense and the way he's always like the way he's always liked to play defense and kind of, and, and I know Joe Colin is getting a ton of credit for this too. So maybe Joe Colin really had, does have a lot of input in, in what's going on there with the defensive line. But like, it's been really interesting to watch over the last couple of years, like the evolution of this defense and the, the, we got to draft guys and we're just going to draft guys and we're going to put bodies in there and we're going to draft guys with versatile athletic profiles that don't necessarily have to be locked into one position we can move them all around. You're seeing them to do that in the secondary and you're seeing them do that in the defensive line. And like when you look over at the Eagles, who I think coming out of the draft, like Eagles still going to be right there in Super Bowl contention next season. Like they had an incredible draft. They're already an incredible roster. And you look at their defensive line that got somehow got even better in the, in the draft than it was last season. Like this is the way the Chiefs are doing it in a, in a cost-effective way is by just we got to get guys who can play inside and outside because the only thing that matters yes. is that we get Chris Jones in winning situations. So as long as we got guys that we can move all over the place, if Chris Jones is getting double and triple teamed, well, we still got guys that are athletic enough to come off the edge or we got guys that can move in the middle and do that stuff too. And so like the the way that they're adapting to just – we need guys who are versatile and who can play multiple positions has been really interesting to watch. And I think this draft class just further proved that. 
so I'm, few. Re- I'm really excited about a minute you to, to your point. I know you started about Felix. I think there's to, to that to that point you made. That cat's like 280. He can move in and out, and he's really good against the run. I I really 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 like that move. I think Brett Veach just talked about him more inside than he has outside. Like when he talks about the he defensive ends, DT. He, the, he doesn't even back. mention him sometimes. Like he he talks about yeah George, Mike, Felix, and then BJ now is their their fifth round pick that they brought in. He's like those guys being on the outside didn't even mention him in here. I was like, are, are, did they just sign him to be a defensive tackle? Like I'm I'm not sure that that's the case, but it feels possible, dude. That is a very different profile. To your point, Serta compared to the typical DTs that you see playing for Steve Spagnolo, And Felix is a very different player for him as well. I think one thing that people might be getting confused by him because he does have a little bit of size. He is not somebody that at K-State played the run particularly well. Yeah. He was kind of indifferent against the run. And he's a great pass rusher at this point in his career, given how young he is. So they're just basically bringing in a designated pass rusher. I can't remember the last time that we saw that from a, a Steve Spagnolo on the edge where he's like, yeah, it's fine. I know he's not going to be good against the run. Let's use first round draft capital to go ahead and bring him in to be a designated pass rusher. I'm fascinated to see what that kind of an experiment looks like with Spags. Yeah. I, I, I no, yeah. I, just, I learned my lesson from last year too. the way they, the way they built their defensive line. You know, I was just like, boy, what, I mean, you look at it, you're like, all right, you got Chris, but man, who else is going to come to the party? And they were able to put this together. And to the point you made right off the bat, BK, they're younger at that point. And I I think there may be some improvements overall. Like Frank would come up whenever he wanted to in big situations and things like that. And Carlos would come up sometimes. I think there's more consistency potentially with, with, with this group they have together. Uh, and y- you talked about Amenahu like playing on the inside, which I, I think, yeah, like Veach has called him a defensive tackle. Um, and I, I don't think that's that, like they're going to move him uh, around, but we saw them do that with Mike Dana, especially in the playoffs last year. Like Mike Dana was really good when they were moving him inside and he was like winning a lot of reps in the postseason for the Chiefs last year. And the depth that they built, like especially last season where we were going in the draft last season, like they got to take an edge. They have to. And then they still have to sign somebody. And they did all that. They took Karloftis. They bring in Carlos Dunlap. But now like I, I'm feeling as good about the defensive line as, and similarly to the offensive line. Like I, I think this has been a really good offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs, and we'll see how some of these young players develop. But I don't look at this roster and, and think that it's worse than it was last season. Like I'm feeling a lot more confident in the depth of this roster as I was compared to last season when we were headed into training camp. One thing that I really respect about our show uh, is like, I, I don't think we are operating out of Chiefs colored glasses. I think, I think we'll be very, very honest. I mean, we'll – you know, Serta has no problem ripping the Chiefs. Lord knows uh, I get hit in, in messages every week sent to uh, to to people or, or people here who 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 do whatever saying that uh, I, I hate the Chiefs and that I'm negative. And I mean, in BK, um, I'm not here picking against them in the AFC championship, picking game, against so them over the neighbors. <laughs> um, and and so when we say things like this, I and and I'm I'm with you, sir. Like I, I legit think right now we'll see, and it's early, but right now, 
I think they have improved the talent potentially on a lot of areas that they had on the team. Now, I don't know if that means they're going to be better. I think they've improved the talent, right? I think defensive line, as we just talked about, I think they're more talented on the defensive line. Now, Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap were more accomplished and proven, and you could kind of figure out what you're going to get. But I think they are they are improved and more talented. I think across the offensive line, I mean, if you're going to tell me Wiley's replaced by about Jawan Taylor at right tackle, I think we've I think that's a big step up in improvement. I think, Ron, I think a, you, you can take this take even a step further, I think. You look across the entirety of the the depth chart right now. You yes. look at the two deep. Every Receiver, single position group. Just yeah. go through it. You're too deep at that at that specific position group. You can make an argument that they are either better or at least the same as they were at this time last year. And I thought last year's team was the deepest Chiefs roster that they've had since Patrick Mahomes has taken over. So for them to be able to do that this offseason, first of all, it speaks once again to what Brett Veach did last year in the draft because all of those guys are back and you've got all of them on cheap rookie-level deals and that opens up even more flexibility. And it also adds to what they did this offseason. I I think they would had a really good offseason. No, yeah, I don't know what it'll mean. With, with the exception of backup quarterback, they have clearly – potentially taking steps forward i mean that seems get, to be the get, only get out of here get it's, out of here so and the the donovan smith money <laughs> i think we can stop talking about veteran wide receivers now like this is the wide receiver group that money that was oh, spent on donovan yeah. smith was like yeah and i'm fine we're all with so but i mean you look at that group that group has a chance to be more talented it i mean then I, 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 I swear to God, guys, I sit here and this is why Patrick Mahomes and Andy or something else. I, I've, I'll i sit up sometimes. I don't know how they did that. I really don't. I don't. I mean, there were times there was no Tony. There was no Hardman. There was, I mean, none of them. None of them. MVS is having to be depended on that playoff game. Mm-hmm. Like, how did they do that? And now, I mean, this, this is a... I don't know, boy. We'll see what happens, but they they got a they got a shot to actually field a better overall football team than they did when they won the Super Bowl last year. Crazy. All right, that's a uh, Ron and BK on the Chiefs. It's certain. <laughs> there it is. Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Doesn't it? We are out. <laughs>